0: we're back what up man it's been a while what what did you do during that break
1: Oh, you know, I took a nap, I went to go see a movie, I played video games, went out on a hot date, you know, the classic stuff.
0: Nice. I watched all three hours of The Batman.
1: Ooh, nice. What'd you think?
0: It was, it was way too long. <laughs>
1: it is way too
0: long. <laughs> I correct. actually have, I've, I've still only seen half of that movie.
1: <laughs> I I did watch it, and it's very good, but it, you're right, it's It's at least half an hour
0: too long. I think I liked what I saw, but uh, I've, it was half a movie and I haven't seen the rest of it. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. And now I'm watching all this alien stuff. We
1: certainly are. Are
0: you ready to jump into the, uh, Prometheus deleted and extended scenes?
1: I think I'm good. I think, I think I'm good to go.
0: There's 40 million of these things. Um, some of them I think we're just going to brush over, but I've got them arranged in the order they were presented in the digital release.
1: Uh, just for the record, there's 14 of them.
0: So that's, well, that's what I said. 40 million.
1: Correct. Um, also, uh, again, since I have the physical copy of this, did your version of it come with the audio commentaries?
0: It did, but I did not watch them with the audio commentary.
1: I did. So okay. as we go, if the commentary notes, anything important or useful or, uh, you know, just fun to mention, I'll point them out as we go.
0: Absolutely. It's almost like we planned this, but we didn't just say seren- we actually did serendipitous. That, uh, you watched them with commentary, and I d- and I didn't.
1: And as a matter of fact, I was actually going to go through and watch the actual movie with the commentary on, so I could also toss a couple other little factoids out. But I just didn't have time to
0: do that. So. That's that's fine. I mean, yeah, it's all right. Yeah, maybe. In, so anyway, that'll be a a Patreon bonus. <laughs> There we go. So let's just start with the first deleted scene. I think they're I think they're pretty much arranged in chronological order. Then it was the uh, the arrival of the engineers, which is just sort of an alternate opening to the film, where instead of just seeing the one engineer drink the soup, there are several engineers all kind of seeing him off. I suppose my initial reaction was this must mean that several of them are going to do this sacrifice at different places, maybe. To kind of ensure that everything takes root, but that's we only we still only see the one.
1: And uh, in case in case anyone who's listening is wondering, the fact that there's several engineers also in this scene is the only meaningful difference in this scene.
0: It is. I couldn't tell. I thought maybe the scene of him breaking down might have been a little bit extended where we see like some of the black particles like blowing off into the sky and stuff like that. But I didn't do a direct side-by-side comparison. It's essentially the same scene, except there's five or six other engineers.
1: I actually uh, paused it to count. And I saw at least nine, possibly 10, because there was one that was like, you know, one of the ones in the foreground was mostly covering it up. So I couldn't tell if it was a rock or part of that hooded (laughs) float they were wearing. So there was either nine or 10.
0: There's either nine engineers in a rock or 10 engineers. Okay.
1: (laughs) Correct. But yeah, otherwise, that's basically the only meaningful difference. Like when they say it's an alternate opening, it technically is. But like, come on.
0: Yeah. Did the commentary say anything interesting about why the other engineers were there or was it just and we wanted to put more engineers in?
1: Well, um. As far as why they were there, uh, he didn't really go into that because, you know, the scene was still only like a minute and a half long or whatever, Um, because like, you know how I said for the Wayland files, it was like when you opened up that menu, there was that other little secondary box off to the side that had like additional information when the cursor was on a video. But before you played it, yes, well, the menu for the deleted and alternate scenes had a similar thing. It was a little box that would give you a little blurb about the information Uh before you hit play to just like tell you what was going on in the scene. Sure. And there is one interesting piece of information that was in that little menu. Okay. Uh, That menu explicitly confirms That scene takes place on prehistoric
0: Earth. Okay, well, there it is, prehistoric Earth, so that was definitely Earth. At least, I mean, something they can retcon for sure, but as far as we know, that's about as official as it it gets.
1: They don't say in the movie it was Earth, but when they made that scene, it was intended by them to be earth
0: to be earth um, got it
1: i will say however just for the record for anyone listening all uh, there like i said there's 14 scenes here 13 of them the commentary is done by the editor who's a man by the name of pietro scalia okay. and one of them later on is done by the vfx supervisor richard stammers okay but, That he's only on one of them. The other three were the other 13 were done by the editor. Gotcha. And uh, the one interesting thing of note that I commented here Mm -hmm. is that um, in the original version of the scene, like when all the engineers were there, uh, they talked.
0: Oh, fascinating.
1: And like actually various scenes throughout the movie with all of the engineers in them. Like, you know, whenever an engineer would show up, uh-huh. a lot of them had dialogue. But early on in the editing process, they cut out all of the dialogue Ooh. for all of the engineers throughout the entire movie. That's frustrating. And well, he said, like, according to him, they did it on purpose because it's like they recognize that since the engineers already looked so humanoid. Yeah. Every other way other than their appearance, they were trying to go out of their way and make the engineers seem as least or as less or how would would I phrase that as little humanoid as possible, despite their appearance. And one of the ways they did that was cut out so that you never hear them talk. So it would make them seem more weird and mysterious.
0: Yeah, yeah. I don't know how I feel. We'll, we'll get to that because there's a, there's an extended scene where there's a lot of talking, and we'll get to that and, <laughs> later. Uh,
1: but, like, the reason I bring that up, though, is because the only other thing that the commentary notes for this scene that I thought was particularly interesting yeah. is that the when the engineer talks, the language they spoke, um, the, like, sound engineers, the editors, Ridley Scott and all them, yeah. um, the language they speak was based off of the real life language of Sanskrit.
0: Oh, interesting.
1: They're not speaking a form of Sanskrit, but they like took Sanskrit right. and then like changed it and modified it in these various ways. Sure. And then used that as the engineer.
0: Which we see David kind of, you know, studying all of these proto languages and figuring out how to communicate with them. So having, you know, that just reinforces the idea that human human language Developed from them from the uh, engineers in the first place, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. The scene was fine, yeah. It was
1: fine. It was just, you know, like I said, they said it was an alternate be- opening, but it wasn't, it was only alternate in like the technical sense, like it's right. the same thing, whatever. Sure. No?
0: <laughs> Next scene we got was uh just, it's called Tis the Season, it's just sort of a slightly extended version of of captain janik setting up his christmas tree and the conversation he has with vickers about how we need the holidays to you know keep the time you know know what time it is keep time moving
1: yeah show the time is still passing for us
0: yeah the only interesting thing here is when she tells him you know in the movie she tells him briefing in five minutes and he's like well i haven't had my breakfast yet and then i think it cuts in the movie and in this She follows up with like, well, don't you want to know what we're doing out here? And he says, no, I really don't. And isn't that why you hired me in the first place? Just kind of reinforcing the idea that they hired a bunch of people without telling them what was going on. And Janik is like, that's I'm pretty sure that's how I got my job because I don't ask questions. Right.
1: And then he takes the miniature little Christmas tree and puts it in the middle of one of the mess hall tables. Yeah. Everyone's kind of like, oh.
0: It's got, well, The it's it's his flight crew that he takes it over to. So I think, again, showing that the entire flight crew is, they're like, look, we're minding our own business. We're staying out of this. We're not a part of the science crew. We're the flight crew. We don't need to know what's going on. We just got to fly the ship, right? Correct. Yeah. Next scene is, uh, this is when they've already entered the engineer structure. This must mm-hmm. be after they have, you know, Broken one of those vials. I don't exactly know what this falls in. No, it has to be before that, right? Because because uh Milburn and Fifield were there.
1: Yeah, every as far as I know, I believe everyone is still alive. This is before Milburn and Fifield ran off. This is when everyone, including David, the entire team, yeah. when they went down there for the first time.
0: And basically, it's Milburn, the biologist, the guy who with the hood, keeps putting the hood up over his head. The one who gets left behind with, with five uh, discovers basically a giant worm, right? Not giant like the ones we see later that crawl inside his suit, but like a, a pretty decent sized, you know, worm-like organism. And he's like super duper psyched as a biologist. He's like, this is the first like proof of life on this planet, you know, huge discovery. He captures it in a specimen jar, and David says something along the lines of our first alien, you know?
1: Yeah. In my notes, it's specifically referred to as, quote, a little wormy guy.
0: <laughs> I like this scene. And I think that this scene should have been in the final cut personally. Not only because... I actually really liked it, too. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was cool. Like, it, first, it makes the discoveries of the alien. Like, it gives you a little bit of hope, right? They're like, oh, my God, they, they found something. They found proof of life, etc." That's a win for... The, the expedition it also shows us what Milburn is kind of there for because I know he says he's a biologist but then he doesn't do anything in the movie yeah we never or, see him biologize
1: right. anything exactly
0: we see him act really reckless with another organism he encounters later and that seemed very strange and out of character but if you take this scene into consideration where he's already interacted with one that looks very similar to the one he will find later And uh, his excitement about it, like it kind of he's he's might sort of be like, oh, it's another one. I just found one of you. Come here, little guy, because he's doing the same kind of like, come here, little baby kind of stuff to it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it makes that other scene feel a little bit more believable, even if it's still incredibly stupid.
1: Yeah, I like you, or like I mentioned, I really liked the scene too. I thought it was fun. And it was one of those things where it's like, it's only like a minute long. They don't, I don't want to say they don't have a reason to cut it because obviously they did, or else they wouldn't have cut it. But I, it's another, it's one of the handful of scenes in this list that like I probably would have liked to see in the movie. But, um, the commentary for this does point out why they cut it. And it's funny because it's something where after they said that, I was like, oh, yeah, good point. But it never even occurred to me at the time. Uh-huh. Um, he actually said that, like, this is one of those classic, like, kill your darling scenes. He straight up said it was one of his favorite scenes in the movie. Yeah. And he really, really hated cutting it. He uh, said that it was in there to both hint at the type of creatures they're going to see later on in the movie. Sure. And to show how the group dynamics operate when the entire crew is together in the same place. Yeah. But the reason they cut it is because this thing happens and then at no point ever at any point in the rest of the movie, do they ever follow up with that thing and we never see it again and we never find out what it was or where it came from or why it was there at all. So they just cut it because they realized that people watching this movie would see it as like a loose plot thread that was never followed up on
0: what happened to the specimen. Right. I feel like that could have been explained away if, if it had been on Milburn's person and they get, you know, they ran into all kinds of trouble when they had to stay overnight during the storm in that facility uh if he had had the specimen in his possession it would have just made sense that it got left behind you know yeah but i i see where the editor's coming from
1: yeah i mean that's fair it's like you know it it, it would still would have made sense to me to keep it but it's like i'm not the one getting paid by ridley scott to edit this movie right. he knows yeah. what he's doing more than i do so if that's what he says i'm like fine that being said like you mentioned like i already mentioned i did like the scene and i thought it was cool
0: yeah and that scene's followed up immediately with a scene from later in the movie when milburn and and Fifield are trapped inside the structure during the storm uh where they find a, a molted skin right from something they just find yeah, this l- thing.
1: like how a skin will or like how a snake will shed its skin they sure. find a big skin <laughs>
0: It's a nice reference to Alien, where they find the molted alien skin in the vents when the thing is growing. This must have been the skin that was growing off of the, uh, I forget the term for it, but the little cobra cobra mutant thing. The that Hammerpeed. The hammerpeed, yeah. It must have been that, right, from that thing's evolution. But it was in a different location. It wasn't in the jar room, I don't think.
1: It was not. It was just in a hallway.
0: Yeah, it was a nice little allusion to. I mean, you could interpret it any number of ways. Like, it could have been like, whoa, was this, is this like a xenomorph skin or something? Or is it just the skin of something else molting and growing? Take it or leave it. It was fun to see. It feels kind of like an an Easter egg to me personally.
1: And uh, that's kind of the same reason they cut it. The editor said in the commentary that, like in the previous scene, this got cut because like whatever the thing or wherever that skin came from never got followed up on. It was never explained explicitly anywhere in the movie. You know, it never really goes anywhere and it's not really connected explicitly to anything else that happened. So they figured it would be seen as too much of like a loose thread or not necessarily a plot hole, but just like something that comes out of nowhere for seemingly no narratively important reason sure so like with the previous scene that's why
0: but things like that I guess they just don't bother me as much as maybe they would for other people like not having an answer to whose skin that is is not going to make me like not enjoy the movie it's going to make me think like that's more of the way like an unanswered question I think should play out for me it's like oh it's it's introducing this idea that there is other life here that we aren't seeing and aren't going to see maybe yeah. this was from a long time ago maybe it's fresh maybe there's a whole species they haven't encountered yet i i that excites me about possibilities as opposed to me just being disappointed that i didn't get an answer about it you know
1: yeah because like the thing of it is is that it's not really like leaving a plot thread dangling right because it was yeah. like it was introducing this thing like all right have you seen the
0: movie version of the mist i have not seen the mist no all right. Well,
1: there is a scene near the end of the movie that I don't want to spoil because it's like a big deal in the context of the movie. But yeah. like basically the gist of it is throughout the entire movie, they're getting attacked by these weird extra dimensional monsters that are coming out of right. this mist. To attack them. And then at the end of the movie, this. Something happens where it basically makes them realize, oh, man, there's so much more at play here and everything is so much bigger, like in scope, if not necessarily in size. There's so much more going on here. Yeah. And so, like, when this happened in this movie, I was watching a scene and I was like, oh, you know, there's something that's shedding a skin that we don't actually see at any point in the movie. Yeah. Like I didn't go, I wanna see that monster. I just went, Oh, there's more monsters here than they're showing us.
0: Right. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. Yeah, but I, I I don't miss it from the movie either, you know. Yeah,
1: same. It doesn't really do anything at the end of the
0: day. Sure. So the so the next scene we see is um everyone back on the ship after the initial expedition, after you know, they've gotten back through the storm and Shaw has rescued the head and she's just talking to everybody about they have proof now that they're not alone in the universe and uh, they haven't dissected the head yet. Right. Um, they have
1: not. This is pre head explosion.
0: And we get some nice captain Janik moments where he's like, next time leave the head behind or whatever. Like you're crazy. Why'd you go after that? Et cetera. Just sort of being, you know, not being a dick about it. Right. Because the real dick in this scene is Holloway. Just it's Holloway <laughs> already drinking, already being just a huge asshole.
1: Yeah, he's over in the corner pounding them back, glaring at everyone while they're trying to celebrate. It's like, bro.
0: He's mad that they're 2,000 years late to meeting the engineers. And he doesn't understand why Shaw is so excited. And she's like, because this proves we're not alone. And he's like, but they're all dead. We are alone just being a real just being a real dick you know? yeah
1: ill fucking dick
0: he sucks and i'm glad this scene was cut same and i'm sure that the commentary was like this yeah holloway sucks and we i'm glad we reshot a lot of his scenes and cut these you know
1: um well the commentary actually didn't really say much of note they said that the primary reason they cut this scene is because they changed the next scene yeah
0: like not the next yeah.
1: scene in the movie but like the next scene we're going to talk about yeah they changed that and then after they changed that they were like oh and so they had to go back and cut this scene because then it wouldn't make any more sense um right the only other thing of note they mentioned in the commentary is maybe they said this in the scene and i just didn't note like i just didn't notice during when the scene was happening but like you know. Part of Shaw's toast is how she's like, you know, telling the story that she heard when she was in Africa about this like creation myth or whatever. Yeah. And in the scene, I thought I, she just said, you know, while I was in Africa, I heard this story, Yes. but in the, in the commentary, they specifically note that her mother was the one that told her that story and i'm like i don't remember her saying that in the actual scene
0: and that story was a story about how the son created people because the son was tired of being alone yeah and that's a nice allusion to the her thinking of somebody created us she's making the illusion the engineers created us because they were tired of being alone i guess i I mean clearly that's not the case but that was her her thinking at the time certainly up until the end of the movie really
1: at at least like metaphorically that's the reason why if not actually you know
0: yes totally um but let's talk about that next scene because this is the first (laughs) fully alternate alternate scene right where this
1: is an entirely different scene that got replaced wholesale by completely new everything in the same location
0: it's an alternate version of shaw in her quarters after the the engineer head pops when she's eating and reviewing the footage you know the weird footage of the black box footage, I guess, from the Prometheus or from the engineer ship
1: right before he infects her via sex. Yes.
0: yes. And Holloway comes in and he is fucking plastered. So he's been drinking. He's been drinking by himself, drinking with David. He's he's been infected, but doesn't know it yet. You know, Yeah. he just comes in as a, just a total raging alcoholic monster in this scene.
1: In my note, I specifically described him as a, quote, belligerent is how I phrased it. Yes. Sorry. Even more of a belligerent. (laughs) Sorry.
0: He says some interesting stuff about the video where he's like, Oh, Shaw is watching the video. Yes. She she says some interesting stuff about the video where uh, she notices because Holloway's like, he's watching the video. He's like these, they're all running from something. Why doesn't the video show us what's chasing it? And Shaw is like, look, I saw the face on that head that we had in the lab and he knew he was going to die. And in this footage, it seems clear he knew he was going to die. I think that there was an outbreak and that's what they were running from. That's why we don't see anything they're running from on this video footage, which makes a lot of sense, right? Yeah, Uh, I agree. Until you think about the fact that they were all fucking in there with their helmets off. Mm hmm. And they're going to go back the next day with their fucking helmets off. Like if she has knowledge that a suspicion that there might be some kind of toxin or pathogen in the air, they should be taking better precautions the next day for sure. Yeah, for sure. That's a side note about just one of the things I think is really dumb about that movie and something that fucking Holloway started by taking his helmet off in the first place. But (laughs) um, that's all his fault. It really is. But he's being Mm -hmm. an asshole. This is when he's talking about being, 2000 years late right they keep hammering that 2000 years thing in this more so than they did in the actual movie
1: and he's like ranting and raving about how like he can't fucking believe that like humans only exist because somebody else was tinkering around as like a science experiment he calls earth a petri petri. dish at one point yeah he's just pissed off because all the engineers are dead and they created humans for no reason other than seemingly just to see if they could i guess
0: yeah so he's i mean he's having an existential crisis but that's no excuse for like correct because he says some like terrible shit to shaw too about her parents and everything
1: yeah, it's like I I was I saw the scene happening and it still felt kind of a stretch how they kind, kind of tried to like wiggle the dialogue to get him to say these things. And he's like, he's like, you know, kind of roasting her a little for yeah. like believing in God and being religious. And then he starts like, you know, confronting her about like, do you want to go and meet your creator to like, you know, ask them about why your mother and father are dead yeah. and all of these other things. And then she slaps
0: it. Slaps the and shit out he, of him.
1: Yeah, slaps the shit out of they him. And like then he like tussle. recoils back. And then she slaps him again.
0: Good. Fucking keep hitting him. But no, so they instead he just like starts like, I'm, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. And it's like very weirdly physical like like domestic violence. Yeah, like, And then they start.
1: Yeah, he, and then they start making out. They start, the, uh, they start she slaps him. Out. And then he gets all uppity and upset and about it. And then she slaps him again. And then he immediately, like a switch, goes from angry to like sorrowful. And he like grabs her and scoops her up. And you can see her trying to like push away from him. And so he pulls her in closer and starts telling her how sorry she is and tries to kiss her and she pulls away. So he pulls her back in even closer. And I'm like, bro, uh... what the
0: hell are you doing? But they they end up fucking.
1: Yeah, they they quote as my notes say they end up having angry sex.
0: It is clearly angry sex. It does now it does seem to be consensual. This wasn't like you know the scene could have been worse is what I'm saying. But it's still not still not great. And I and I don't like this version of the scene. I think even it's kind of weirdly forced her dialogue in the theatrical cut about him being upset about creating life and her having the moment where she's like but i can't create life what does that say about me and this the way they had to kind of shoehorn that in you know
1: which that's also an important thing to know in this version of the scene yeah she doesn't say that right so in this version of or in that version of the movie she uh isn't infertile i guess
0: (laughs) right so i wonder if that that must have changed the dialogue later when david tells her she's pregnant and she's like well i can't be I guess, I guess actually in that scene, it's never because so she says it's impossible for me to be. She's saying I can't be. It's only been a day. Right. So, yeah, a little weird, weird. Uh, maybe, maybe a goof there, but I'm glad that this alternate scene was left on the cutting room floor, honestly. Uh,
1: the only other thing of note that the commentary mentioned about this scene is that, um, the whole reason they changed it because, like, in the little menu, they say that this scene was made or like this change was made like way late in the process. Yeah. Like it was original it was going to be this scene in the movie for like months and months and months. And then really, really close to the end, uh, they decided to go back through and change this like months later, they filmed the new version of the scene and replaced it with this. Right. Because they, uh, he the editor had said that they thought or they had decided rather that, um, the movie had not spent enough time showing the two of them just like together as a couple, and like the movie didn't have it really any very many scenes of them just like being like tender and romantic and close with each other, right? And so, since by that point, you know, they already knew how he was going to die and the fact that he, the fact that he was going to die. So they went back and changed this scene into something more tender and kind between the two of them. Sure. So that, um, that way, um, it would have more of like an emotional impact to the viewer when he gets killed later on in the
0: movie. Okay. That all kind of makes sense, I guess.
1: I mean, he still sucks even in the final credit or in the final cut. But if this had been in there, he would have uh, sucked even more. So I guess technically it did work. Sure. So, yeah. yeah.
0: So the next scene in this hat trick of Holloway bullshit is, is Holloway being kind of hung over in the morning. It's basically just an extended version of, of the next morning after he and Shaw have gotten busy where he's.
1: Yeah. Busy. Very slightly extended. There's like,
0: Splashing water on his face. Ten
1: seconds maybe.
0: Yeah, it's really nothing. He's splashing water on his face. He sees the little squiggle in his eye, and Shaw wakes up and she's checking on him and he's like, Yeah, I'm just I'm just hung over. Um, I just made me think that like him being hung over is a pretty uh pretty good cover for him sort of not realizing that he's feeling sick, right? <laughs> from the infection. It just kind of mm-hmm. adds some sort of believability that he would still be like, No, I'm good to go explore this alien. Wasteland. I just need like a Gatorade, and I'm good to go. You know. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, but uh, uh, yeah.
1: The only thing this scene really adds is like when uh Yannick hits him up on the hits Shaw up on the comms, yeah, because they're yeah. like gonna go investigate her or whatever wh- after she gets dressed, but before she leaves, she basically just comes over to be like, "Hey, Charlie, you okay?" And he's like, "Oh yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine." And she's like yeah sure and he's like oh yeah i promise i'm okay and she's like all right and then leaves and that's like the only thing this scene has in it.
0: yeah nothing 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 just nothing <laughs> just nothing
1: <laughs> Nothing.
0: no uh, man there's just a long string of holloway there no shade to the actor whose name i can't pull right now he did a great job and i like him logan marshall logan. green logan marshall green no shade to him the character was just bad like, I, I wasn't a big fan of the way the character played out in the theatrical movie, and I, I would have hated him even more if this had been the, yeah. the the version, right? So
1: This makes him look way worse than he did in the final cut, that's true.
0: Yeah, we get a small scene now with um David when David was exploring the facility kind of on his own where we see that he's in communication with Vickers and he's looking for his objective and she's asking him about it. Not a lot there.
1: Yeah, she tells him to come back. And then when he says he will, but he's obviously lying, uh, he then confirms to her that he's located his objective. Right. That's it. That's That's all that happens.
0: My note says, (laughs) eh.
1: Yeah. Mine has the the one sentence explain what's going on. And then I literally wrote, man, whatever, shrug after it. The commentary for that. Yeah. Uh because that scene shows that Vickers uh knew what David was planning, and yes. they ultimately decided they wanted it to be a surprise to everyone except David and Wayland. That's why the scene got caught.
0: Gotcha. Okay.
1: That's it though. That was all I had. Go on.
0: That's it. The next scene though with uh Jan- Janik talking to Vickers. This is after Vickers has uh roasted Holloway like a marshmallow. Hmm? She's just sitting in her quarters right just like wrapped in a blanket and very clearly like in some weird kind of shock not not a weird kind of shock the kind of shock i think it would be understandable for you to have after you've had to flamethrower a guy on a on a rock in space because you're worried about a contagious outbreak because somebody should be fucking worried about it
1: (laughs) and she's apparently the only one that is
0: something else we will talk about in alien covenant um uh janet comes in he knocks on the door and he's got like a mug of something. And she's like, it's she's like, I don't want coffee. And he's like, good thing it's rum then. Right. It's a nice touch. Cause again,
1: and then that's because of that is why she lets it.
0: <laughs> now, my first note on this scene is I would watch a whole movie of Idris Elba and Charlie's <laughs> Theron sitting in a room talking.
1: Same. This scene was so good.
0: Yes. And the movie needed more Janik anyway. Um, Agreed. Um, he's telling her a story about, before he was kind of independent, uh, he was in the military and he was like sort of flying. He was flying for the military and he was, he tells a story about one rescue mission he was on where like they were, they were constantly flying to this place for drop-offs or whatever. And he would fly past this, um, fly past this building that was like no windows, just steel construction, fenced in and everything. And they, they just knew some shady shit was going on in there. Something happened. There was an explosion or something, right? and they had to evacuate this yeah this facility and they evacuated it pretty much everybody except the scientists working in this building who were just like banging to escape but their orders were not to to do blow
1: it up with them inside yeah And,
0: and his and his commander had this button and was saying a prayer and when they were six clicks out he hit the button and blew up the facility And uh, Janet kind of realized that the fences and all of that stuff wasn't to keep people out of that structure. It was to keep whatever was in that structure in, you know?
1: And it's very clearly intended to like parallel what they believe happened to the engineers, you know?
0: Yes, totally. She's like, why are you telling me the story? And he says, because you killed a man today. And that's, you know, that's really
1: hard to deal with or whatever it is, he says. Yeah.
0: She brushes it off by saying, I burnt my hand. Like, that's why she's in this mood. Like, clearly that's not true, right? She's just trying to be tough.
1: Yeah, she's closing herself off again after briefly letting herself be vulnerable around him.
0: Yeah. A couple things about this before I move on in the scene. Yeah, Janik does say that he thinks that that same thing is what happened to the engineers. He says uh, those engineers made something they shouldn't have and they spilled it. that's
1: someone spilt something is the specific line he says yeah
0: yeah janik is just way ahead of the curve on everything right this is kind of would this maybe be an alternate version of the scene where he's talking to shaw and just giving her all of that exposition
1: probably and i think i like this version of it better honestly
0: (laughs) i do i do too uh also the idea of him working for the military and there were all of these like some some structure he's clearly alluding to where something well, there was an outbreak. Uh, do you think that ties into the Wayland, like genetic, in his Wayland's predecessor, like genetic experiments that they were working on? Do you think this could go that I, far back?
1: I mean, it very well could. I mean, they don't say anything that, like, explicitly would give us a reason to connect it together. No. But that's the kind of, like, through line that, you know, this franchise likes to do. So possibly.
0: Yeah, I didn't think about that. I mean, once you told me about that in the Wayland files, his little journal entry on that idea i made that connection i was like i wonder if that was like one of the facilities yeah i don't know maybe
1: Janet could have been
0: um great scene should have been in the fucking movie
1: oh great scene i loved it it was like like i like how you said it was meant to maybe parallel the one he had with shaw it's like this version like if those two scenes were meant to be like you know the alternate of each other i like this version better i'll be honest
0: oh yeah and even if it's just um, a companion to it, like you can have them, you can have them both in right. Um, just a, yeah, just yeah. strong performances by two, like absolutely phenomenal actors. The strong point of this movie, like atmospherically, is very strong. Yeah. And the casting and acting, like we touched on last week or last episode is very, very strong. Also. Yeah, um, it's
1: great too. Like he has a, a, a lot uh Good bit of like physical acting there, where it's like while he's giving the speech, he's just like wandering around her room, like picking books up off the shelf, open them to a random page, flip through a couple other pages, put the book back, go over, tap a couple of notes out on the piano. piano, It's just it's it's great. I I,
0: I'm not kidding. I would watch ninety minutes of that, like (laughs) just two Um, absolute fucking pros. You know
1: the uh, the commentary uh mentioned that the reason this was cut was uh, for pacing issues this was another scene that he really liked and wished he had kept in the movie yeah but, like this is right after like that big fight with the flamethrower and all that and then like this point in the movie like once that happens that's when the movie starts like ramping up yeah. and he was worried that for a scene this long it would just slow the pace of the movie down too much. Um, and also one other little note is that uh he very casually and offhandedly mentioned that the engineer ship like that class of ship it's referred to as a juggernaut
0: a juggernaut i have heard that before yeah
1: yep so that's fun
0: uh yeah i kind of I mean, I'm no filmmaker. Obviously, I kind of disagree. I think after a big dramatic moment, like like Holloway being f- torched, you know, mm-hmm. I think that you could use a moment. I, I I like I'd like I'd like to see a moment of reflection on something like, after something like that yeah. in a movie. You know? like
1: you know ha- you have a moment to breathe. You have a moment to like you know this character literally just fucking murdered someone by lighting them on fire. It would sure. be nice to know, like you know, see a bit of like you know human trepidation and reflection in her eyes on her face like you know actually see her as a real human person like she is i i think this scene should have been in the movie and i think think the movie would have been better if it had stayed in
0: there is one little moment at the end of it where she gets the transmission something about wayland waking up you know and
1: well they say he like david asks is he waking up or has he woken up or something like that? Right. And she's like, you know, he's about to, or whatever. And Yannick's like, he, who is he? What the hell are you guys talking about? And like, they all just ignore him and brush right. him off. And he never does get the answer to that question.
0: No, he doesn't. So then that little scene, I mean, if they were trying to keep the Wayland reveal, uh, make it a surprise for everybody, including, uh, including Vickers, then they could have just cut that last little bit and still left the scene in, you know, I'm just yeah. saying. I also think that the idea of keeping everybody in the dark except for David about Wayland is kind of silly.
1: Yeah. I don't, I, I don't
0: really think it added anything. I mean, I, Same. cause there was a previous scenes. There was a previous scene that was actually in the movie where David had been talking to Wayland and, yeah. and she was like, what did he say? And he said, he said, try harder or whatever the scene was so she was aware i, I don't know man i i'm not yeah falling. i'm not I, yeah i it.
1: don't following. know what his thinking was like that didn't really i couldn't find the through line there when he was talking about it either but i was just like all right man whatever i'll just take your word for it
0: yeah speaking of vickers though the next scene where she is confronting wayland on the ship and just like really fucking roasting him
1: oh yeah <laughs> and she's yeah she's really getting into him she's yeah she's burning him hard on that
0: yeah, things I liked about that scene, I liked seeing them strapping all of like the mechanical like stabilizers and stuff onto Waylon so he can walk, you know, because he's. Yeah, he's
1: like almost in a suit of powered armor. He's like right. in sort of an exoskeleton, which, you know, shades of aliens, I suppose.
0: Sure. Yeah. Also, uh, Dark Knight Rises. <laughs> also,
1: Dark Knight Rises. Yes. <laughs>
0: um, And I like the I like the twist in that scene that he was surprised that Vickers was on the ship. That yeah it's, it's weird it's like
1: spin. the dialogue kind of implied that she came despite his insistence rather than because of it like right. he wanted her to stay and she's the re like she insisted on coming like in the last episode we thought it was the other way around that she's only there because he like made her right but no <laughs> he didn't no. want her to be here
0: yeah she makes some comment about how she wasn't gonna be sitting in boardrooms arguing about who has control while this was going on and stuff and it was interesting and she st- sticks him with that line she calls him like a scared weak old man which is very true right it, like,
1: extremely <laughs> yes like he's
0: he's afraid he's been afraid this whole time that's driven all of this shit he's done no matter how in control he thinks he is he's just a just a sad scared dude uh, yeah, and, I mean,
1: that's why he wants to become immortal. He's afraid of dying. I yes. mean, a lot of people are, but you know what I
0: mean. And she says that line like um, a king has his reign and then he dies. Like that's the cycle. That's the natural like, order of yeah, things. Good lines. Good, good. Vicars. Very good, Yeah. I liked it too. Yeah. I would have liked to see that in the uh, in the film as well. Um, Agreed. So now we get an alternate version of Fifield's attack when he comes back all infected and he's all. Crouched down in that weird crab position outside the ship. It's the, yeah. it's the same scene, but the change is in Fifield himself and the way he's mutated. He's like got a longer head. His arms are quite a bit longer. He he almost looks, he. I mean, he very clearly looks a lot closer to the xenomorph as opposed to just how he looked with like this weird zombie in the actual movie.
1: Yeah, like his head has kind of like an elongated point in the back. And like his facial features are kind of like melting down to become like a sheen over his face. Yes. And his skin is getting this weird gray pallor to it. And like you said, his limbs are longer and it's like it like he looks halfway between a human and a homework.
0: Yeah. More so than the thing at the end of alien resurrection. That's for sure.
1: Yeah,
0: Um, for sure. (laughs) I, I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, even when he's jumping around inside the cargo bay, you know, like he's, moving like a quadrupedal monster as opposed to mm-hmm. a human. I I I don't know if I prefer it or not. Part of me prefers it because it it makes the mutation a little bit more uh it bridges the gap a little bit more between the 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 xenomorph and just the regular infection. It feels a little yeah. closer to alien. I mm-hmm. I'm still don't know that I agree with the bio, biological aspect of it all in the way that I th- think of and appreciate the xenomorph but uh i don't know man i'm guessing this is the one that the vfx guy did the commentary on is that correct
1: that is correct this is the only one he he was doing the commentary for and i'll tell you right now yeah the commentary uh doesn't really have anything of note or meaning that like expanded your understanding of the scene however there was one thing that did. Once again, that little menu pops up when you cursor on the video, but before you play it. Yeah. Um, yeah. It talks about how this scene was filmed uh, not with the intention of it actually being used in the movie. Oh, it was only filmed, and the prosthetics were there to serve as a reference so that he could be entirely replaced by cg during post-production of the movie huh and then ridley scott looked at the footage and looked at the prosthetics and it was like you know i'm just gonna use this and so they were like
0: okay
1: so that's why he's like that in the final cut of the movie
0: okay so that's why we got the theatrical version yep yeah i don't know man i like i think that for the scene i like this version better for that isolated scene um, the movement just seems a little bit more alien and kind of closer. Like if you're going to tease us an alien movie without the alien, that is a better tease than zombie guy suddenly indestructible, you know? Yeah. But, but I, like, I don't know that I really like it in the scheme of the entire franchise. Like, I'm not sure that I would really like how, a, a z- alien like human really fits in to the grand, you know, to the grand scheme of everything.
1: Like you said, in a vacuum, I think I like this version of the scene better than the one in the theatrical cut. Yeah. But in the context of if they had replaced that version of it with this one, I think the one they ended up using is the better choice. Because also going back to our previous episode about the actual movie, this movie is kind of in that like, weird gray area of, I believe my phrasing of it was it is simultaneously both uh, too much and not enough of an alien movie or something like that. And it's like, you know, a lot of the stuff that they've been going through and cutting, you know, like, you know, the V the CG, the VFX on this scene, or like the skin that they found earlier, a lot of this stuff, it's like, it's literally direct references to a xenomorph or maybe the first movie and they went through and cut a lot of that stuff out and it's like you know i believe it was you that said if you're not going to have actual xenomorphs in this movie just make it completely something different altogether i would have preferred that yeah and that's ultimately why i'm glad they ended up going with the version of this scene that they did for the final movie because it's like don't keep on teasing me with things that are 70% of the way towards a xenomorph right, and then never give there. me one. either do it or don't.
0: Yeah. You know? So like, so they keep pulling out stuff that was references to the xenomorph, you know, the pulling out that alien DNA, so to speak. But I guess in the theatrical, the theatrical cut for me, they didn't pull out enough of it. They left just enough of it in to frustrate me. <laughs> pretty much <laughs> yeah so i so i don't know if i would have liked it more if they had added more in left all of those things in or or just stripped all of the rest of it out i think ultimately i probably would have preferred it all stripped out i still think the 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 milburn finding the specimen that could have stayed personally but yeah that I was mean, just that like was just like a big bully you know
1: like the two scenes so far that we've come across that we've both really liked i wished were in the movie yeah but like both of those scenes don't really have any real explicit alien references to them right. all of the cut scenes that are explicit alien references ultimately i'm probably glad they cut them you know
0: yeah sure And unless having them in would have sort of guided the sequel in a different direction than they ended up going i'm i'm who's to say man
1: man um, that would that would have been something wouldn't it Ooh.
0: yeah <laughs> anyway after this yeah. after that scene we get a uh, oh we get the scene where the engineer speaks right it's the alternate version of the engineer yep. waking up from the hypersleep pod and facing david and
1: wayland and uh,
0: Sh- wayland and shaw and ford i think is her name and uh yeah i
1: believe so and there's one other guy that i don't the think mer- they ever
0: named him one of the mercenaries that was hired for yeah. security uh yeah and it's a, just a david in the Theatrical cut, David says some things to the engineer and then the engineer just attacks, right? And in this, they yeah, have a little bit of to, back and forth.
1: They like looks at him for a second, processes what he said, and then like strokes David's hair right. and then just rips his head off and starts attacking him.
0: Yeah, so um, one of the things the engineer says in this, as translated by David, is uh, that the engineer wants to know why the humans are here. Mm-hmm. And then... Wayland has David say whatever it is he wanted him to say, like, I forget the actual line. I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, I don't remember it either.
0: But what David tells him instead is, I told him he wanted to live forever, and he now asks you why. Uh, that's just the translations of the engineer's line. Beyond that, the scene plays out exactly the same. I liked seeing the engineer talk. I think having a little bit more context is interesting. I I, I could probably take it or leave it thinking about it more now you know yeah um I think yeah I think it's fine I remember this being released ahead of time uh to promote the DVD like the engineer speaks deleted scene was like a big thing that <laughs> I think I read about it on like Gamma Squad an old Uprocks blog you know like, that's probably yeah, I where I first saw this scene. I like the idea. Um, yeah, it's kind of cool. I like the idea also that David kind of went off a book and wasn't directly saying what Wayland told him to and just kind of outed Wayland. It's like, I told the engineer you want to live forever. That's not what Wayland wanted him to say, you know?
1: Yeah, that's not what he asked him to say, exactly. Right. He's adapting, not translating.
0: Yes. Sure. And I also like the stuff uh, that Wayland was saying in the same scene about how he made David in his own image I'm a creator like you we're both gods when he's saying this stuff to the engineer again Yeah just like really, going really,
1: back really to his great. TED Talk video he once again hits upon the idea of like his hubris and how right. he thinks yeah. he is a god and how he's superior to other people sure. like that keeps on being a thread a button that this character arc hits over and over and over again
0: Yeah, yeah? good I mean good stuff there I think yeah I would have been fine with this being in the film. We didn't necessarily need it. I think maybe there's a stronger statement. Like if there had been a mix where Wayland is saying those things to the engineer, and then the engineer mm-hmm. just like rips the head off of David, and then I love when he beats David with it. It's so funny.
1: Yeah, he, yeah. He rip he rips David's heads off, knocks over the body, and then uses David's head, and that's what he clubs Wayland to yeah. death
0: with. Yeah. It's a it's a good good scene any way you slice it Um, uh
1: the commentary didn't really notice anything of note or use like the only thing they mentioned is that the reason that stuff was cut was because by this point in the movie they had decided that the engineers weren't going to talk and so you know that was along with the opening scene of the movie this was the reason why that stuff got cut
0: sure um, I That's think all. I think there's a version in between this one and the theatrical cut where you still don't have to have the engineer talk, but it kind of you present what yeah. Wayland is saying from this, and the engineer reacting to that is just mm-hmm. like, "How dare you compare yourself to me, you sad old man? Even your daughter hates you." You know. <laughs> anyway, yeah, I could take it or leave it, I guess. Yeah, same. But this final battle scene where Shaw, after the ship has crashed, after, um. I keep saying Janik. It's Yannick, Is that the correct pronunciation?
1: It's it's, it's Yannick, Yeah. Okay. I'm not going correct.
0: back and changing it, but I'll acknowledge it here. So you all can stop writing your emails. Uh, after Yannick has crashed the Prometheus into the covenant ship or the covenant ship. Why do I keep doing that? Into the engineer ship. You did, into yeah, the you did that in the
1: last episode too. <laughs> into
0: the juggernaut and has, uh, I'm just getting everything fucking wrong, dude. Jesus. <laughs> and, and Shaw has made it to the, the life pod. You know,
1: and she's packing up some stuff, you, you know, tossing like protein bars and drinks right. and stuff into a backpack.
0: Yeah, it's we get we get a short version of this. Like, basically, the way this plays out in the theatrical cut is she gets the call from call from David that the engineer is coming after her. He's immediately busting through those doors. There's a very small tussle. And then the the trilobite or whatever it's called gets loose, right?
1: The, the trilobite. Th- yeah. yeah. And yeah, by when you say small tussle. What you mean is she sees the engineer and then runs away and then the engineer runs up to her and picks her up and throws her against a wall. And then she hits a button to open the door and the trilite trilite attacks the engineer. That is like that's the the entirety of their fight in the theater.
0: but. But this this alternate scene, this is another one I would have loved to see. In the actual hard,
1: uh, hard agree. Hardest yes. possible agree.
0: I wish this
1: was in the movie.
0: With the uh engineer kind of he's just quietly, sort of silently moving through this pod. She's trying to hide from him. She's got an axe, you know, to fight him. I just really liked, like like this. Was like the tense. This is what the movie for me should have been. If we're oh, gonna absolutely if we're gonna position the engineers as the the alien threat. Versus the Xenomorph, this scene of the engineer stalking her and her trying to fight against it and everything. Just just an excellent, excellent scene. And I'm really upset Mm -hmm. that this one got cut. Like that would have... You could remove all the other fucking alien DNA from this thing and just have the movie be this. And I am... This would shoot up in my estimation significantly in the series. Like, yeah, man. I don't know. The way he was like moving and everything, just kind of silently... And and versus the xenomorph, it's this towering, like, Adonis of a a humanoid, you know, clearly, like, three feet taller than her and just nothing but muscle.
1: There's so many little moments, like, little individual spots in this scene that I like. First off, we were discussing uh, last episode about how, when we were discussing the scene, we even talked about how we wished... Like you even said, why doesn't she use that axe against him? She doesn't even need to kill him. She can just like draw blood and make him realize, you know, and then I made the comparison to the end of 300. Well, turns out this scene is exactly
0: what we were looking for. She draws blood with the axe in this. Yeah, man.
1: Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, there's a couple other little individual notes I like. Like when he walks into the main room, when mm-hmm. she's hiding behind the bar and he sees that glitching out video of the little girl playing the violin yeah. and he like reaches out towards it and his right. fingers start like mimicking the movement of the girls on the video
0: Yeah, I thought was yeah. really cool Just, and yeah. um such a, str- such uh, a cool scene
1: uh, there's one other also little shot like right before that like when he pr- opens the door which I found funny because it's like when the door opens there's a shot of when the door is sliding open he's like crouched down and then sees that the door is open and then just stands up and strolls right through yeah which i don't know if that was necessarily supposed to represent anything thematically
0: i just thought it looked really cool i think it was just like an allusion to like when the terminators arrive in the terminator (laughs) movie. that's what i
1: thought i was i thought of the terminator as well Yeah.
0: It's that, um, so picture it. If you're not going to watch this scene, it's that pose, you know? Just
1: yeah, of, it's, it's literally like shot from the side. He's like crouched down and then just unfolds like a Naboo robot from Star Wars episode one.
0: Yeah, it was cool. And it was almost like he was he just couldn't figure out how to use the technology right away because it's so it's very clearly different from how like we yeah. see like searching on the ground for the door opening flute or something. Probably
1: right? something like that. But no, um,
0: good, yeah, just a good, good scene. Way better than there's what There's one,
1: there's one little other uh, tiny moment during that part that I liked, like after he opens the door, when he yeah. walks in through the middle of the room and he like, bumps into the chandelier a little bit yeah. and then he just like reaches out and like strokes one of the ropes on the chandelier yeah. like admiring yeah. its beauty and then immediately after that there's like a close up of the chandelier yeah. as if we're very briefly seeing the chandelier from the POV of the engineer and i just thought that was a really cool touch sure. that made me go oh man that just looks so neat
0: i also love shaw shooting herself up the painkiller, like through her spacesuit, because she's been through a lot. She mm-hmm. just had surgery like an hour ago, you know. um Yeah, and then like the way that she gets busted, she's hiding behind the bar. Oh, I also love she walks in and she just immediately like starts drinking the vodka.
1: Yeah, starts like grabs vodka and just
0: drinks it right, right out of the bottle. Yeah, <laughs> this first, you know. She, I mean, at that point, she she's got to deal with the trilobite, but she primarily thinks she's safe, right? Because she's got to the lifeboat mm-hmm. at least. Safe for a moment, but no. But then uh, when she's hiding behind the bar from the engineer and it's David on the radio that gives away her position, I was like, "Mm, you Which I thought thought was also a nice
1: touch because, like, earlier on when David was like, hey, uh, Shaw, uh, the engineer's on your way, she never responded to that. Right. So uh, David, like, genuinely didn't even know if she got the message. So it's not like some weird narrative convenience that that's why he cuts in right there like he cuts in there because she never got back to him and he was concerned
0: you know i mean that or maybe he was like you know sinisterly like trying to give away her position who knows i mean clearly he is but clearly he is banking on needing her assistance you know probably more the reason he warned her was for self-preservation as opposed to like genuine concern yeah i
1: mean otherwise he was just going to be sitting there as a head
0: sure right nobody wants that um but oh i love the scene when when he like sees her behind the bar and he's just like towering over her and we kind of have that high shot looking down and you can just like see like the size disparity between the two of them yeah just and she's
1: like cowering for a moment and then after they lock eyes for a second or two she just like stands up to get ready for him and she's like know. you know what i'm done fuck
0: this guy what else am i gonna do right like yeah. I'm, I'm going down swinging yeah man um solid yeah solid uh,
1: yeah very solid again one of the like just like two of the previous scenes i wish it was this version of it that was in the movie the uh, the commentary though does point out some other stuff um first off you may have noticed that the uh the engineer in this scene, the last engineer, um, his face wasn't burned in this scene. Okay. And the reason why it wasn't was because they filmed this scene. Then later on, they did a reshoot like the scene where the engineer got burned. That was a reshoot scene and it was shot after this one. Okay, That's why in this scene, the engineer's face isn't two faced like that. Right. And, uh, The other thing of note is that the reason the uh, the reason the editor and Ridley cut it out of the movie was this might have even been something we touched on in the previous episode. I don't remember, but the reason they cut it out was because uh, they felt that it wasn't believable that someone of Shaw's size and stature could believably like bite off one of these things.
0: Uh, I think that that's bullshit. I mean, yeah, same i mean
1: i understand what they're saying but like here's the thing right this is what we want to see you know this is what we as viewers we want to see a direct confrontation between the protagonist and the antagonist yes (laughs) and that's what this was
0: and let's be clear the engineer's ship just crashed and he survived it it's absolutely believable he'd be a little banged up from that even if He's not showing signs of pain. We don't know how their biology really works. They don't seem to really show any signs of pain until their bodies are dissolving from the pathogen. And even then yeah. it doesn't seem particularly extreme. <laughs> like, yeah, like exactly. He, he and just, like the he other, just fell the out other of the thing it is,
1: is that this whole movie is a whole episode of reference to the first alien movie right. in which at the end of the movie, a single individual woman, uh, kicks the giant predator alien's ass and kills yeah. it
0: you know oh yeah i know right yeah so i mean if they were
1: going to go out of their way to reference the first movie as much as they do here they could have also emulated that but sure. they didn't and now that i saw the version of the scene where they did i wish they had kept that in
0: <laughs> i also i under, i also understand that shaw has been through a hell of a lot like surgery and all of that kind of stuff But we also saw her just like take a big drink of vodka and shoot herself up with some extremely strong painkillers. I'm sure she's it's that's like, you know, in Max pain when you take the when you take the (laughs) painkillers or whatever, and like suddenly you're fucking fine. Like... (laughs) I and know,
1: this is immediately after a scene where you know for a good minute or two on screen probably longer in the canon of the movie she was uh running through a like a field escaping from a spaceship trying right. to crush her you she's, know she's clearly she's cap- like she's like,
0: capable she's a survivor you know
1: yeah she's like clearly in enough of a physical like good shape to be able to at least take one or two hits from this thing you know? right
0: yeah that's i mean if that's where the edits could have been made is the length of the actual altercation but the stalking you know the the engineer in the pod checking everything out kind of stalking her and her trying to hide that should have stayed in no matter what i, I think agree and i don't think that the that the cuts they did to get the theatrical version are were i mean you know we still see all of those we see him kind of barging his way through the doors that are trying to close and stuff but that's his entrance as opposed to him pursuing pursuing shaw and you know there's yeah whatever yeah whatever like you said i like this version of the scene better so yeah the last thing we get is kind of an alternate version of of elizabeth finding david right she asks him some alternate questions right uh
1: Again, they say that, like, with the opening scene of the movie, they describe this as also an alternate ending, but it's only an alternate ending in the way the alternate opening is alternate right. in that there's, like, you know, they changed, like, 10% of it. Sure. It's still pretty much basically the exact same thing that yeah. we've already seen with, like, two lines of dialogue
0: added. Yeah, and the cuts got to only be because they removed the engineers talking in this where she asks david what the engineer said and where it came from and david translates it he says it loosely translates to paradise like that's where they came from right paradise so some kind of garden of eden illusion i'm sure right
1: and she insists that she wants to go there when she's like you know oh i don't want to go back to earth there's nothing but Death here i want to go to paradise i want to see what they saw or whatever it is
0: right and then she very angrily stuffs david's head in the duffel bag and he's like
1: i I have have that that note too it literally says she also puts his head into the bag a lot more angrily i literally also have that
0: and she does it right there on the platform like in the command center the cockpit of the of the engineer ship not as they're escaping like she does in the final cut but it still cuts to that scene where his head is unbagged as she's lowering yeah, the body and down
1: that's actually and that is because uh in the like menu for the scenes yeah. it mentions that they edited in some of the shots from the final cut okay to just like you know show the continuity of like where it appears in the movie and like just to like give you some reference point for when it would happen in the movie right. that's why that scene is
0: there okay so. gotcha and that's it that is it for all the uh extended and deleted scenes that they yep that's all of them that they put out for prometheus i think we walked away with that thinking what the scene with the scene with milburn finding the specimen i would have liked to see that in the movie the janic the Yannick, pardon me, and Vickers scene <laughs> absolutely should have been in the movie. And the uh, final battle with the uh, engineer and Shaw definitely should yep, have
1: those been Those are, for the record, uh, scene 47, our first alien. Uh, scene 105, Yannick fills Vickers in. And then scene 140, final battle. All of the rest of the stuff that we mentioned, we either didn't like or could take it or leave it. But those three... I'm giving yeah. the thumbs up to I wish those were actually in the movie.
0: Yeah, and uh, if if they ever do like an extended cut, a special edition, like they'd have done with other movies in the series, those are the scenes I'd want to see added back in specifically. Same. For sure. Man, that's a lot to go through, dude.
1: Yeah, there's a whole lot.
0: Yeah. I think we should get out of here. I think we should hop into our... Um, engineership ship and sail off to paradise. <laughs>
1: uh it's the juggernaut we just talked
0: about this. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'll get the names right eventually. <laughs> um next time I think we're gonna visit a uh comic book that at one point was considered a sequel to this movie, but publishers have changed and other movies another movie has been made since then, so who knows?
1: Yeah.
0: Uh but I think that we should dive into the Prometheus chapter of the Fire and Stone comic book series from Dark Horse Comics. What do you think?
1: i think that sounds great it is um i believe it's four issues four issues and it i believe the way the fire and stone miniseries works is that there is a prometheus an alien a predator and an alien versus predator like chapter and each one is four issues long i believe the prometheus chapter is part one it is. of that series i believe
0: yes the prometheus chapters are is part one and it is a self-contained story i mean obviously the three or the four different books all overlap in events and stuff like that but the prometheus one is a standalone story they're all each a standalone story that still you know have crossover content whatever so um i'm just there interested. is also
1: actually another uh there's another part of the fire and stone story after you get through all four of those parts. Yes. There is a one shot epilogue. And the reason I'm mentioning that epilogue is because it's actually branded as a Prometheus comic. Right. Its name is Prometheus fire and stone Omega, I believe. Yes. And yes. even though that is a Prometheus comic that is part of fire and stone, we're not going to be talking about that in the next episode because that's the end of the arc and this is the beginning and we don't want to, you know, skip over the stuff in between. So we'll talk about all that stuff and get to the Omega issue in a later episode.
0: Yeah. Since these are self-contained mini series, at least at the beginning here, uh, we can kind of chat, cover them one bit at a time as they relate to other stuff, you know, thematically other things that we're going to cover in the series. Like, I'm certainly not interested in jumping into a Predator comic this early on in the podcast. Same. Um, So yeah, Prometheus Fire and Stone, issues one through four. We're going to talk about that on the next episode. After that, we're going to start jumping into the Alien Covenant era.
1: Yeah, like that section of the franchise, yeah.
0: Yeah, but for now, um, I know I said that we were going to climb into an engineer juggernaut, but uh, what are we going to do? We can't park this USCSS podcast vessel. We better stay on board here. (laughs) Oh boy! Oh boy! Clunky.
1: We're still getting used to it. It's all right.
0: All right, all right Kenny. Uh, where can people find you on the internet if they want to? Uh, if they want to tell you why you're wrong about the way to pronounce Captain Yannick's name?
1: <laughs> uh, you can find me on Twitter. My handle is at c y
0: h o b b e z. And you can find me on Twitter at FinalNeal. Follow my Retro Gaming Instagram account at Final Neil Retro. Check out my other podcast, MK Podquest. It's in your podcast app or at MKPodQuest.com. It's all about Mortal Kombat movies, TV shows, comic books, et cetera. Anything that is not a video game that's in the world of Mortal Kombat for the most part. <laughs> you can follow the show on Twitter at CrewExpendapod. <laughs> That's right, crew expenda pod.
1: It's like expendable, but replace the last three letters with p o d.
0: And if you are the person out there with the unused crew expendable handle, DM us at crew expendapod, and we will give you upwards of seven dollars for your username.
1: You heard it here first.
0: Uh, that's upwards. That's at the top end. Correct.
1: <laughs> <laughs> at maximum.
0: Yeah. Subscribe to the show in your podcast apps. Subscribe on Good Pods. You can follow me on Good Pods at Final Neil. Find the show there. Give us good reviews. Tell your friends. Tell all your alien friends to listen to our show. It's going to go on forever because there are just a million alien things to talk about. It never stops. We will be back next week to talk Prometheus Fire and Stone, issues one through four. Until then, stay frosty. frosty.